0: Well, we looked at a verse from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. is verse 14. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold. Pay attention. All things become new. Amen. Well, that should be the genuine testimony of someone who professes to know Christ. Is that the former life, the former desires have passed away, and that over the span of your salvation up to this point, that the things of the Lord, which are new and wonderful, have become an integral part of your life. But every time as we approach this time of the year and look out over the new year, and since we've been here, we've had 45 of those outlooks, if you will, Looking out over into the next year, wondering what that year holds. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I don't know what the new year holds. Other than the fact that God holds them. Amen. He holds the days and he holds the hours. But I'm reminded of God's conversation with Joshua. As the nation of Israel, having traveled through the desert and the wilderness for 40 years. Nearly 40 years earlier, Moses sent 12 men to scout and to scope out the land the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised. God wasn't being mean and God wasn't being nasty. He was going to go in there and he was going to dispossess the land of Wicked, pagan, vile sinners, <clears throat> steeped in human sacrifice. I mean, it, it was a vile, spiritually dark, dark, dark place, if you will. And uh, God was going to dispossess the land of those individuals and, and give it to, as an inheritance, to the people of God. Well, all 12 men agreed the land was very, was, was very good and indicated that it would be a land of great potential, spiritually and prosperity-wise. Well, 10 of the spies came back, they they had the same testimony as the as the other two, Caleb and Joshua, but they came back with a defeated attitude. I mean that's like that's like handing candy to a kid and then taking it back and not getting them, giving it to them, isn't it? I mean here the, the the you know they come back and said, Oh man, I mean they brought back samples of the of the fruits and the things that they had taken out of the promised land and brought them there and, and the people were probably be big, big bug-eyed and looking and wondering, oh man, this is great, wonderful there. But but, now there's only a few times when the word B-U-T is acceptable in the Bible. This is not one of them. <laughs> this is not one of them. So it's a land of great potential spiritually and prosperity wise. And ten of the spies came back with defeated hearts. Placing no faith in God and his promises. And as a result, their disbelief impacted the whole of the nation of Israel. Because they all began to murmur and complain. Except for the two cheerleaders, Joshua and Caleb. Pack your bags, strike your tents, we're going. It's ours. Uh, uh, said the other ten, and then so many of the others began to join in. no yeah, that 's not going to happen, and so we see here that God decided that He would not work with them, that generation, let alone trust that generation to accomplish what He had in mind. You see, God, when you could save God had great things in mind. Do you know that? You may not have realized that, you may not have known that, but the day that you could save God had great things. But if we're going to realize those great things, we have to stop living our life our way and we have to live our life for God. Amen? So these people, uh, I mean, God had great things in mind for them to, when they were going to go into the promised land and it was to be the whole known world that existed at that time. But he, he said, I can't trust him to do that. I cannot trust him. And so he gave them the wonderful news that, that their carcasses were going to rot in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation had completely passed. The consequences of their disbelief. Number one, that generation would not inherit nor enter into the promised land. I wonder how many of God's wonderful blessings we miss out on because we don't trust God or because we don't have an absolute belief or absolute confidence that God can do what he said he could do. But secondly, the generation and the next generation would wander for 40 years in the wilderness. That was the consequences. And so disbelief always brings some form of consequences along the way. Now, Moses and Aaron would not enter the promised land either because of an earlier disobedience in their own lives. So you can't turn around and say, well, I can't believe that God did that to Moses. But you see what Moses, and it may not even seem like a big deal. I mean, Moses and Aaron struck the rock the first time and out came water. And the next time God told them to speak to the rock and water would come out. And uh, and Moses and Aaron, in their anger, smote the rock. But by just simply speaking and the rock came out, they failed to glorify, to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they failed to do that. And so, literally, uh, because earlier in their relationship, they failed to sanctify God before the people of Israel when in anger Moses struck that rock, rather than speak to the rock, that it may bring forth the much-needed water. Numbers chapter 20. We're going to just look back there very quickly, Numbers chapter 20. And by the way, I'm thinking of Numbers here. <laughs> um, get till midnight tonight. For the um, Bible reading schedule there. Now, if you, if you were sick, I'm thinking of Bart. Now, Bart had her Bibles and stuff with her in the hospital, and she was reading, keeping up. Uh, well, our Bible reading there, but maybe this that somehow you, you lost a couple of days, maybe lost a week or so due to uh, some sickness. There, uh, we'll take that into consideration here. But if you, uh, if it didn't hinder you, if it didn't uh, get in your way, then huh, you're out of luck. But so we're looking for first year five-year pen. We get certificates uh, for every year after the first year up to the fifth year. You get that and a pen, and pen, and pen, so on. You know, we get there. So anyway, Numbers chapter 20 and um, looking at verse 12 we'll here very quickly. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. And he said, because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I, which I have given them. Now, he said, because they failed to sanctify him, set God as, as uh, who he really is because he was the one who's going to lead them. He was the one who has been leading them by day and had been leading them by night in the pillar of smoke and by the pillar of fire. And so Joshua was appointed to take over from Moses. Now, how would you like that job? <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a job. I would just say, you know what, Lord, uh, Caleb. Take Caleb. <laughs> he'd, be a better, he'd be a better choice. But anyway, jo- Joshua was appointed to take over from Moses, and God's conversation with Joshua was extremely insightful. In uh, Joshua chapter 1, Uh, chapters 1 through 3, God gave Joshua all the encouragement and information that he would need to accomplish the seemingly impossible task before him and Israel. So as a church, we are about to enter into a new year. And we have no idea what what it will hold, the things that we're going to face. But we do know that God has already gone before us. And if we will follow him, he will lead us accordingly. And so he knows what we are capable of, and he knows uh, what will, and he knows that he will not ask more than he will equip us to do and to accomplish. Amen? And it's the same in your individual lives. He will not ask you to do more than what he will enable you as an individual to accomplish. So Father, guide and direct as we look to the message this morning. And Lord, as a springboard from 2 Corinthians, we have to understand that before any of this makes any sense to anyone. Lord, there has to be that coming to uh, saving faith in the person of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, you guide and direct me at the hour of this need, uh, Lord, in a way that only you can, as you understand. Uh, Lord, I, I can see the individual, but I can't see the heart. Lord, we have home viewers uh, from around the United States and even sometimes from around the world. And, Lord, I can't see them. But, Lord, you do. You know their hearts. You know what they need. And, Lord, you know what you want to do. And so, Lord, use your word, use your spirit to accomplish your desires. And we give you that praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So the prelude to the message today, other than the introduction, was from Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, this verse has to do with the idea that one comes to a saving faith in Christ. That there is a divine change that has been brought about in our lives. Going to church doesn't change your life. You can read the Bible and it may bring about some changes, but they may not be eternal changes. But coming to a saving faith in the person of Jesus Christ begins an eternal change. It changes the family that we're in. We go from being in the family of Satan to being in the family of God. We go from being a sinner to being a saint. Now, sometimes we don't act like saints, saint, but nonetheless, in the eyes of God, we are a saint anyway. So prior to one's salvation, though we have a spirit, that spirit is dead to God uh, and unable to understand, let alone desire to live a life that pleases God. And so this is that place in which the human heart Is a self-centered heart. It's a a self-satisfied, satisfied satisfied with their present condition as they see it, self-seeking, and God may be a thought from time to time or completely ignored one way or the other. But there is generally no desire to know God on or at a personal level. It's hard enough to get some Christians to commit themselves to know God on that personal level. And they're convinced if I get to know God on a personal level, then that means I'm going to have to do what he wants me to do. Well, duh. How about that? Isn't that what he saved us for to begin with, amen? <laughs> when we think about it? Uh, now, uh, we, we plan our lives out and we plan them out thoroughly, but we never say, God, is this what you would want me to do? It's, it's sort of like God has given us a, the desire to fend for ourselves and do what we want to do, and we'll just kind of tack God on to the whole situation there. No, we, we, we need to begin. Now, I, you know, I didn't do that as a young teenager. I didn't do that. I had my ideas and I had the things I wanted to be, but God had to beat me up something terrible in order to get me to the point where I say, "Okay, Lord, I'm, I know what you want. I'm going, I'm going into, I'm going into the ministry." Okay, but uh, it took a little while to get to that particular point. And if I had been smart and followed up at the age of 16, when I said, "Lord, I, 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 I'll, I surrendered to the ministry at 16," but then I took it back and I did my own thing, and so God finally broke myself, and our family moved toward the ministry. But one day, the word of God is heard. The Holy Spirit goes to work on the heart. And a a conviction concerning sin begins to take root. And it leads to a coming to a saving faith in Christ. A full surrender. That once dead spirit within man is quickened. That once dead spirit is given spiritual life and is now able to receive divine truth, divine wisdom, and divine knowledge. There is a new desire through the quickened spirit of man for a meaningful, purposeful relationship with the Lord our God. Too oftentimes, too many people, sometimes neophytes to the faith, have an idea that if I get too serious, then God's going to get in my way of having fun. God's going to get in the way of me living my life the way I want to live my life to do the things I want to do and the way I want to do them. But others turn around and say, you know what? There is a new change that has been brought about. And I want to give that change an opportunity to bring about the things that God wants and that I'm going to be pleased with. Because there's nothing that God's not going to do in your life that if you have fully surrendered, you're not going to not enjoy. Amen? So the two times the word new is used in 2 Corinthians 5.17. They mean a new kind, that which is unprecedented. Right now, as a a sinner, you were just a common sinner. (laughs) There was no difference among you. But then all of a sudden, you came to a saving faith in Christ. That dead spirit was quickened. And now you are an unprecedented person. You're now going to have unprecedented desires. They're going to be God-placed, biblically placed. You're going to have new desires, new motives. You're going to have access to divine wisdom and the divine, the divine knowledge that has been unprecedented until you get to saving faith in the person of Jesus Christ. All things are passed away. The old us that was lost, the old me that was alienated from God and possessed absolutely no way to in and of ourselves to save ourselves then we hear and we respond to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and the God takes us, uh, makes us a, a completely new creation. With well, the idea that all of a sudden we begin to have a disdain for the old. Now, I'm not saying that everything in, in, in the past was terrible and bad, but it goes to motive as well. Now your motives are going to be different on this side of, of having received Christ, of being a part of the family. Your motives are going to be different. And your desires are going to be different where you, didn't, you weren't concerned about whether you pleased God or you didn't please God. You just had that, that tucked away in the back of your mind that hopefully that when that day comes that the scale is going to weigh in your favor somewhere along the way. Now that's all gone. You don't have to worry about that. And so we're now an individual who now has a desire that we did not possess before, a desire to get to know God on a personal level that we did not have before. A desire to read the Bible and to pray as well as attend church. Two more desires that we didn't have before. A desire to grow spiritually and a desire to please God with our lives. To live our lives. You don't have to, well you have to, you should anyway, at least fully surrender your life. But that doesn't mean that you're all going to be a pastor or a missionary because God needs uh, needs, needs men and women who are uh, sold out to the Lord in whatever the vocation is. But these are but a few of the new life's experiences and desires of the new creation in Christ when we come to a saving faith in Christ. This doesn't mean that life is always going to be easy. I wish I could tell you that life is always easy. Once you can say, it's a cakewalk. <laughs> the devil's going to see to it that it's not. But my God is still bigger than the devil. Amen. And so perhaps the last couple of years have, been some, have, have seen some serious spiritual battles in your life health issues and financial issues, family issues to mention a few that have taxed you greatly and are still doing so. Perhaps the political climate has you puzzled about the future or the world situation as well. It's an election year, who's going to be in the Oval Office? Can I tell you who's going to be in there? God. We may not like who he chooses, (laughs) but that's who's going to be in the office. Now, whether that man will surrender and yield to, who, to the leadership of God, that's going to really depend on the individual. But God already knows, and I'm not going to really fret and stew about who's going to be in the, white, in, the, in the Oval Office down there. Because I know that based on God's overall plan of the ages, he knows what it's going to take to bring about the end of the age in the way that he wants it to come. And we have to put on our seatbelt and realize that that's just the way it is. If we are in the last days, as many of us believe that we are, then you know what? We're going to have have to realize that God is working his plan, even if it doesn't look like he is. He is definitely working his plan. And folks, we're a part of it. As Esther was brought to that time in her life, we've been brought to this time in our life. And so... You'd like to know, I'm sure, what the year 2024 will hold. Some people will go to um, psychics. Some will look at a crystal ball somewhere. <laughs> Some will pray their dead ancestors. I do all kinds of crazy things. But you'd like to know what the year 2024 will hold. Will it get better or will it get worse? Well, if you understand what the Bible says, in the latter days it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it won't get better until the millennial reign. And even then, there's going to be some problems along the way there. But there is one who knows what 2024 holds. And he can prepare us for what lies ahead. And he has been preparing us for what lies ahead. He has been been preparing, I'll get it out, he has been preparing this generation for the last days. And if not us, then our children, who will certainly... Probably more, like, more than likely be alive. He's been preparing them as well. We have that responsibility as the parents to make sure that our young people are equipped. Should we be the ones who pass off before the second coming of Christ, or before the rapture, I should say? And so, what a time to be alive. Now I can watch the news and I, 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 get, I get spitfire mad. I mean, i who's kind of mad, you know. But then I kind of sit back, you know, God knows all about it. What am I I wasting my energy on (laughs) here one way or the other? I mean you sit down, I'm going to write a letter here, I'm going to write a letter here, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do all those kind of things there, and then you sit back and say, wait a minute, God's in control. So you hand it over to the Lord and let the Lord do what the Lord's going to do. Amen? But the vast majority of the world has no idea what lies ahead, and they will be, as always, lost and further from God than ever before. I mean, look at our nation. I mean, in my lifetime, I never imagined that we would have abortion, open abortion anywhere for any reason. Or all the other shenanigans that were still going on. Everything that you looked at this legislation, whether it's here in, this, in the state of Vermont or whether it's anywhere else in the United States of America, they're literally thumbing their nose in the face of God saying, we don't care what you had to say. We're going to do what we want to do and we're going to do it the way we want to do it. Well, they're going to be in for a big surprise. They're going to be in for a big surprise. And so they think they're getting in the way and that God does not exist. But one day, how many of you have seen those advertisements of uh, Jeremiah's latest book on on the rapture? And uh, he has scenes there also with people just disappearing. Disappearing. Uh, Can you imagine the bedlam that's going to ensue during that time frame? In that split moment, in that second of time, how do you come up with, with some sort of a, a, a deception and a lie that's going to make all those who remain behind, have been left behind, that their loved ones or their neighbors who shared the gospel over the fence or invited them over for barbecues and shared the gospel there and they poo-pooed them and all those kind of things there, and guess what? Now they're gone. They're gone. Well, God says he's going to send a delusion. They're going to buy it. They're going to believe it. And so keep your ears tuned. Listen for the voice, listen for the trumpet. He's coming, amen? But folks, it's a great time to be alive. And it's a great time to have been quickened so that the Lord God can work in and through our lives to prepare us for his plan for the ages. God has always had a plan for the ages, even before the foundations of the world were set in place. Every generation has had a place in the plan, whether it was a good place or a bad place. God had a place and a plan for Joshua who is about to face a multitude of uncertainties. And so God, knowing the human heart, gives Joshua his divine counsel. And I believe if we look back to Joshua chapter 1, that God wants us to have some divine counsel as well, as families. Because we have no idea. We may have an idea. But having an idea is not the same as knowing. But I can tell you this, I, I believe with all my heart today, And that is that God has, through our daily devotions, through our church attendance, has been preparing us for what this year holds. Amen? Amen. He wanted us to mature spiritually. He wanted us to grow in knowledge and grace in this year of 2023. So that we could face 2024 with spiritual maturity. And so in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, his minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Maybe he's thinking at this point in time, easier said than done. Hmm. Verse 2, 3, he said, Every place that the soul of your Foot shall tread upon that have I, that have I, given. Not I will give. I have given. It's yours already. It's yours for the taking. What a promise! Spiritual maturity, God wants to give it to you if you will surrender and allow Him to do so. So every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. That have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Then shall... Uh, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And so we find in in these verses that God gives Joshua an overview of his plans in verses 2 and 4. You say, well, they seem pretty vague. And they were vague. But he gave you the most important aspect of it all. He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to forsake you. Be strong. Be strong in me. Be strong in my promises. Amen. Amen. That's all we really need to tackle 2024 with. Be strong in the Lord. We've got to sing that one. Be strong in the Lord. But as we take up our responsibility and we read the Bible and we begin to realize that God has an overview of His plan for the ages that we're a part of it. And He unveils it day by day because if He told you what, what, what was in 2024, you may not like it, you may say, you may faint. Even though God said, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to guide you, and I'm, going to, I'm never going to forsake you. I said, you know, I, I tell you what, if I had known some of the things that were going to be part of being a pastor, I probably would have said no. No way I'm going to go down that road. And I'm so glad that he unveils things day by day, week by week, month by month. So, for one who claims to be saved and refuses to take the Bible seriously and search out God's plans, that's an individual who has no real idea of what God or why uh, or what God is doing or why God is doing or how how we can we can uh, count on God. So, I pay attention to both the local and the state and the national news and the world news, and I'm seeing things that, for the first time in my lifetime, point to God's plans of. Coming to an end. Maybe even an imminent soon return of the Lord. Just the other day, they were talking about, uh, well, we know the Houthis are, are sending rockets into the shipping lanes. And so now they're beginning to re- reroute, running really one through the Gulf of Akaba, going through the Suez Canal and so on there, that they're now beginning to go around and it's amazing. So people have to come in through the, through the Mediterranean Sea so that they can breathe up. And, you know, it, it's talking about in, in, where the ships... Uh, it, you begin to, If you know somewhat about future prophecy, and you're seeing these little things, you're saying, God is sending us little messages that say, get your house in order. Get your life in order. I'm coming. And you better be ready. And so I, I find these things, I don't find them as disconcerting as I do. I find them exciting. To be able to think that I possibly might still be breathing when the Lord Jesus Christ gathers us up in heaven to be with himself. <laughs> That's kind of cool. So, I can't fix a date. God says that we're, we're not to do so because no man knows the hour. But honestly, it is as though that we are seeing the scriptures coming alive concerning the last days. Little vignettes along the way that are simply saying, you see, you see, you see, you see. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. As the days go by. So God wanted Joshua to know that he had a plan. And that he could count on God. To bring it to pass. Verse 5. As we had looked at there. There shall not any man. Not any man be able to stand before thee. All the days of thy life. As I was with Moses so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. Nor forsake thee. God gives a promise. That no matter what 2024 holds for us. He will not forsake, or he will not leave us. Hebrews 13, 5, the last part of the verse is, I will not leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now, I've turned my back on God, shamefully so. But I have never once, since 13, experienced God turning his back on me. Even when I was a backslidden, the, the, the conviction was always there. Hammering away. So, what does he ask us to do? The examples before us are in Joshua 1, 6 through 9. He it says, be strong. Be of a good courage. Because your faith is only going to be, as, your ability to serve God is only going to be as strong as your faith in God. So you may ask the question this morning, how big is your God? Just big? Or is he really, 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 really big? Is he bigger than any problem you're ever going to face? And the answer to that is yes. He is bigger. And so, again in in verse 6, he said, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance. The land which I swear unto thy father didn't say might. He told them they shall. Only be thou strong and very courageous because sometimes you're going to want to faint. Sometimes you're going to want to throw in the towel. Sometimes you're going to question, where are you, God? And so he says, And there only be, only, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. See how important the word of God is? If you don't know it, what are you going to stand on? What are you going to be guided by? And he says, Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand, or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whitherso- whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and that thou mayest observe to do all, that, uh, to, do, to do according to all that is written therein. For then, for then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have what? Why not just success? Because I, you know, listen. This, this there's non-Christians out there. They, they have success in their life. Oh, they have all kinds of money, and they got beautiful houses, and drive beautiful cars, and they have more than what they can do with. Uh, listen, you know, there's a lot of success. But this is this is an adjective. This is this is going to be a success that rivals anything you'd ever experience. I'm going to do something in your life that no one who doesn't know me, who is unsaved, would would ever possibly experience in this lifetime. Because those things that we do. That good success goes with us all the way into eternity. But I don't know if too many people who have built the Chrysler Building or the Empire State Building or the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know, I don't know if too many of those men are going to take those bridges with them. <laughs> so all that success that he may have in the world where they got bazillions of dollars, listen, uh Soros isn't going to take any of that with him. He's going to leave it all behind. And all the money that he has will not buy him one drop of water in the place called hell not one drop. and so God wants us to have good success and it says also there in verse 9 get in the right place here uh, and he says uh, have not I commanded thee be strong several times he's told us that and of a good courage be not afraid neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee with thou goest. I think when I, if I had been there and I was going through the Red Sea, I would have been dismayed. I would have been looking up there. I would have been thinking, when's it coming down? When's it coming down? <laughs> and I'm sure all the other things that God did for, through the 40 years of the wilderness wandering that they were probably dismayed at the work of God. And I, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you are that we pray and God answers our prayers. That, I can't believe it. God answered my prayer. Why'd you pray? Why'd you ask him if you didn't believe he was going to do it? (laughs) We ought not to be dismayed when God does exactly what God says he's going to do. And so the key to living the Christian life, a life that pleases God and will carry us through successfully in Unknown 2024 is the amount of preparation we do in being God prepared. All right, God prepared as he says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 again there that that we would meditate therein day and night and do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous and then thou shalt being able to apply biblical principles being able to apply biblical truths to our lives and to our circumstances and to our situations that's God plan. So that we're ready to meet them, and and, uh, you know what was it? And how many were Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts back in the day when they were halfway decent? And what was that motto? Always be prepared. See, that's God prepared. It's to always be prepared with biblical wisdom, with biblical knowledge, biblical principles. And so we simply cannot be spiritually prepared if we're not meditating and studying God's word. And this is exactly what God is stating to Joshua. You want to be successful, Joshua? Meditate day and night. Find some time throughout the day and evening or or late at night and uh, early in the morning. Observe to do according to that which is written. Be strong and of a good courage. Trust that what I have given you is truth. God has a final precaution for us. And that is don't get ahead of him. Don't get ahead of God. Wait upon him. Wait upon the Lord. Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua is coming at the end of his days. Israel has still been a problem. (laughs) And uh, the idea is that 2024 may hold some surprises for us, but they hold no surprises for God. Follow God's advice as did Joshua. Go it alone, I wish you good luck. But as Joshua said in verse 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Men, do you realize that that is your responsibility, your leadership in 2024 to lead your family? Lead your family to serve the Lord. Not to drive them, but to lead them accordingly. So, Father, we thank you for this time that we could be together, gathered in your house today. And, Lord, we have got so much information available that, Lord, there is no reason why we should come up short. Lord, there is no reason why we should come to a place in our lives where we're dumbfounded or where we're befiddled and and we just don't know what to do. Now, Lord, it may, may happen in a moment, but, Lord, then as the Spirit begins to speak to us. And it may point out a devotional time that we had, a portion of scripture that has become very familiar and very near and dear to our hearts. And Lord, we receive that, that vital strength we need to, to, to deal with that particular moment in time. And Lord, I, I, I wish I could, I, I, could, I, I could preach a different method that we could be victors when we're facing these situations and these adverse situations. But Lord, there are those times. That you bring into our lives, those things that are meant to shake us up, and are meant to revitalize us, to cause us to reassess where we are spiritually. And Lord, when good comes out of that, then they were a blessing. And so, Lord, we know that you already know what twenty twenty four holds. But Lord, we need to be busy. We need to be busy as a church. We need to be busy as individuals doing what we can to get the gospel message out. And so, Lord, you guide and you direct in the invitation time. Lord, each and everyone here know how well prepared they are for what 2024 holds. Even though they don't know what what it it holds particularly, Lord, we do know what we have in you. We know that you are our greatest asset, that you are our, our greatest benefactor, that there is no wisdom, there is no knowledge, available like yours and that Lord whether it blindsides us or not we can tap into that and Lord through the testimony of the victory we can share others who are watching and others who are observing and Lord we thank you for all these wonderful promises Lord you will do for any individual in this sanctuary today anyone who is listening at home you will do for them what you did for Joshua we just have to be strong Strong in our faith. Strong in our belief. Knowing that, Lord, there is nothing that you cannot do. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning as Diane quietly plays on the piano. And you say to me this morning, preacher? 2023 has been a good year, but it's not been as good as it could have been. I've had a number of maybe spiritual failures. Maybe I had a couple of valley experiences that I haven't recovered from yet. And, Pastor, I know I need to get back on that mountaintop. And, Preacher, I don't want 2024 to have those. Preacher, pray for me closing today. Yes, a few hands here and hands there. I want 2024 to be a year that stands out above all years of my salvation experience. We've got some unloved saved ones. We've got some sick saved ones. We've got all kinds of situations that we're facing here. And, Lord, I want to see you work in ways that only you can work, whether it's a peace that passes understanding whether it's seeing backslidden loved ones get right, getting right with God, no matter how we look at it, this is a year that we do need. We need. We need the Lord. And the closer we get to the end of times, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. Preacher, pray for me in closing today. Yes, preacher, to pray for me today. Pray for the preacher. He needs it every bit as much, if not more so than you. But also, maybe there's one someone could, couldn't really say, said, I, I, I have come to a saving faith in Christ. You really don't know for sure when God says you can. Please don't make God a liar by saying that you don't believe He can. You can know beyond any shadow of a doubt. These things that are written unto you that you may know and believing, He's given to us an entire Bible history, if you will, that we can come to that place. And so you'd say, Preacher, I do not know where I'm going to spend eternity. I know why I want to spend it, but I'm not sure. And preacher, would you pray for me? And as surely as you didn't point out, others you won't point me out either, but preacher, pray for me in closing today. You can make the same choice, same decisions at home, folks. Listen, the rededication of your life, receiving Christ as your personal Savior at home as well. You can do that at home today. and that's the most important thing you're going to have. To, to close out 2023, receiving Christ as your personal Lord and Savior will be the most important thing you'll have done in 2023 that's going to help you in 2024. I can promise you that. Well, Father, we thank you for this time that we could be together and gathered in the house. And Lord, we're going to close a song, I need you, Lord. And we do. We need you. We can't go it alone. We need you to be a vital part. Of our motion, our motives, our desires, our thoughts, our actions, and our reactions. So, Lord, you guide and you direct in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Steve, is that number? <laughs>